Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Oh, man. Done with season four, starting season five. Season seven is premiered now. Like, Yeah, the third episode will air tonight, uh, which is exciting. Yeah, we're we're quite ahead as far as published schedule, I believe. Um, Yeah, this might be out for like another month, I think. Yeah, we have quite a few episodes remaining. Yeah, but as of today, Black Lives Matter protests are still in full force across the country. Um, We are still experiencing COVID. We are um, California is slowly opening back up, which I do not agree with. But yeah, I don't understand why (laughs) so many places are some less slow than others. But it's like I'm somehow reading headlines where have not dropped. (laughs) We're totally having the surge. They're like, oh yeah, the surge that everyone knew would come with the reopening in uh, Memorial Day uh, absolutely is happening. And we're still going to go forward like today and then Friday, like, like yeah. more and more stuff is opening up around here, like you said. And I don't get it. Like, yeah, California's I, better I, than some places still. Who is making this decision? It's not a public health official, obviously. So, no, and yeah. misinformation coming out. I think, was it yesterday? Someone from the CDC said that, uh, oh, don't, don't worry. The most recent info makes it look like we were, we were, uh, uh quick to worry about. Asymptomatic care. Oh, that was the He's WHO, like, and oh, they retracted word. their um, their statement like the next day. I saw that like this morning they did, and yeah. Fauci was just, like, "It's I haven't." That's like the second or third time they've done something like this during this time because they did the same thing with that whole ibuprofen thing. I have not people... seen Fauci look as disappointed from from anything other than what Trump has said directly. <laughs> he was the yeah. most like he was just like, why did they do that? Like, because yeah, you got to really think bad. like you're saying, like they're not listening to health officials. Like he's fighting well, uphill happens, battle every and every. <laughs> so what happens is um, researchers will publish their data on white pages, I think, or white papers. I think it's is what the technical or like the whatever term is called. And that's data so that other researchers can look at it and make conclusions based on the research that they're doing. It's supposed to help the scientific community, but also journalists get access to this information and organizations like the CDC and the WHO and public health officials, because it's public pretty much to anyone in the scientific community. And so uh, journalists run with it and they'll you know, they'll write a story on it or the WHO comes out and they're like, oh, well, this is new information. Like we should get it out there so that people are aware, but it either, ends up either journalists or, or PR people who aren't actually yeah. qualified. Or, and I mean, that or, happens. Yeah. That's not just with COVID that happens all the time with scientific research that hasn't yet been peer reviewed. And right now everything's happening so quickly and people are trying to find like medications that will reduce symptoms or help with the, the mo- pneumonia aspect of COVID or like some of the after effects that people are experiencing with like the weird inflammatory responses and the weird like um, heart problems that people are experiencing afterwards and neurological issues. And it's just hasn't been long enough time for people to gather enough data to get enough information, but they're still like putting out there what they're finding as they're finding it. So that it can help other people that are also researching this stuff. So that's the problem right. um, is that scientifically illiterate people are picking up on this. I mean, not to say that the, the, the WHO is scientifically illiterate, but I think they're kind of in this urgency mode of like, we need to make sure 
like everybody around the world is aware of things that these scientists are finding like in these data sets. Um, but it's like a too small of a data set. You know what I mean? So that's what the ibuprofen thing was in France. I don't know. I can't remember where this whole like asymptomatic people are fine. <laughs> They're not a big deal thing came from, but very wrong. Or it was just mis- misinterpreted completely. Yeah, that's that's that, it seemed like it was at least that like, like, like you were saying, like it's not like the uh, WHO is like inept, but any organization like it's I feel like it seems like it, especially with with nuanced language and, and maybe misleading headlines or yeah. misleading like, uh, uh, information like a, a PR person could be trying to be spreading pertinent information and, and, and just they just get it wrong. Of, just missing it a little bit too yeah. much like for so for example like whoever came out with that information probably looked at a small population within either like a county public health situation where they're actually getting enough people tested to be able to figure these this out because the only way you can know if somebody is asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic is if you test them before they have symptoms. <laughs> like, so right. clearly that's not happening here. <laughs> no, that's even even so. before the the debunking news this morning, I remember uh, talking uh, to my parents on the phone about it after the initial report and thinking like, isn't that jumping the gun when everything I keep hearing and reading has been talking about how we just haven't done enough testing globally, especially in the U.S. Like, but yeah. like. Like just most people, we have no idea. We have yeah. no idea if they are carrying yeah. or not. And so like, the safe thing is to assume that if you don't have – just assume you have it and don't have symptoms to protect people around you. Um, and that was right. kind of like what the you know the public message was. That's why everybody's wearing face coverings because it, it's not for you to not get it. It's to protect other people if you have it and are just asymptomatic. <laughs> it's for everyone. It helps yeah. you because and everyone so, else is helping you and you're helping everyone else. And yeah. So what's, what happened is somebody probably gathered a bunch of information from like a, like pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic people who got tested and look, you know, did a, you know, did some statistics on it and came out with some information and they probably put it out there so that other researchers that are looking at this can also look into it and be like, huh, like that's something, you know, somebody did get enough data to look at this. So that's probably what it was. And it was not meant to cause alarm, <laughs> but it was really bad. <laughs> Ugh, not great. So, yeah, a month from now, everyone's going to be like, huh, what happened? <laughs> well, who knows? A month from now, we could have like wave three of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, the 1918 flu, I mean, influenza is vastly different from coronavirus just in how it mutates. But the 1918 flu epidemic, the second wave, was way worse because the flu infected humans and it it mutated to be even more virulent and severe for the second round. So anybody who didn't get it was like dead within 24 hours. That's probably not going to happen here um, just because coronavirus mutates very differently than, than influenza, like I said. But I mean... Who's to say that it hasn't already done that? And that's why everybody was having such severe cases in Italy, for example, and and here. So I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Shield. <laughs> yeah, a different. Uh, I can relate it somehow to, to, to the, I'll relate it somehow to the episode. Uh, they predicted a different, potentially world-altering mass <laughs> event, uh, yeah. and that's that. That happens to be a big portion of this episode uh, that really culminates at the very end yeah oh um before we get started we're part of the but why though podcast community so check them out on twitter at but why though pc and their website but why though podcast.com we are super proud to be a part of their community um and we are actually doing 
So it's season one or season five, episode one and two, because they were released together on yes. one evening. And they, they're they back to back one title. So it's one of, one of those intended as a as mm-hmm. not a cliffhanger, but as a, yeah. a single viewing. Yeah. So we're doing both in this one episode. So we're doing a uh, titled orientation part one and part two. So if you haven't watched part two yet, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Go watch it and then come back. Um, and these were written by Jed and Mo and DJ Doyle and directed by Jesse Bochco and David Solomon. Originally aired December 1st, 2017. Um, and if you have forgotten from the end of season four, Colson wakes up and he's in space. So they're in space. Um, and we're kind of backtracking here and kind of explaining how they got to that point or how he got to that point. So <laughs> we're going through an earth kitchen there's like photo like these coloring pictures on a on a uh, refrigerator and and our friend enoch we know it's enoch i mean at this our first viewing we didn't know it was enoch his name is joel stoffer the actor who plays him he's wonderful um he is going outside to go swimming and it's a beautiful sunny day and he's just enjoying himself and then he goes back inside and he takes off all his clothes to take a shower. And then he takes off his human suit. <laughs> um, and then he dresses up like Agent Smith. <laughs> um, and he drives to an empty warehouse as he's listening to music and bobbing his head. Like, knowing how Enoch, who Enoch is now, like from season six and seven, and seeing him do this and try to pretend he's human, it's really funny watching this. Um and so he goes to this empty warehouse and there's a single delivery truck there and they change the logo on it to be some English beer logo with a lion. It's um, very, very like, um, like matrix technology. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're like scrolling, like just touching it and it's like scrolling through different visuals. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the U S postal service was one of them, I think. And then I didn't catch what the other ones went, but they settled on the beer, the English beer, which becomes important at a later episode, I believe. Cause fits. I think like remembers like, researches that. Yeah. I feel I was like, follow. I know the logo is important, so I need to write that down. <laughs> well, and, and the whole thing, the, the, the going, going all the way through them, like leaving, cutting to the next for like uh transition uh, to the next portion of the scene and, and next location. It's uh, the, the song playing is uh, the talking heads. This yeah. must be the place. And it's like, it's this really, it's like, like this, upbeat like weird feeling yeah yeah it's this this 80s song that's like super like the song itself is like kind of weirdly like bittersweet and like like the words and music itself like 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 all of it is like not unhappy but not not exactly like happy it's like weirdly optimistic but maybe like like kind of regretful as well and like it's got it's got a very very interesting vibe like combined with the stoic the stoicism of enoch like just like this blank face like when he because he goes swimming and when he's swimming like he just looks so stone faced <laughs> like, like and every like this is our very first exposure to him so it's it's just it's very interesting because the only emotion i think we see from him in the entire first sequence like leading up to this graphic changing thing is when he's driving into the into the hangar he is like kind of like shaking his head a little bit very gently with the music like he's like <laughs> like listening to the music in the car but other than that there's like 
no indication of being moved by anything. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. It, very... Knowing everything we know now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because when they had that silhouette, when they had the skin suit and him showering, like I was like, oh, it's an alien. Yeah. That was my, was my assumption. Yeah. Same. But nope, he's a robot. <laughs> so, um, in, you know, it goes into the back of the truck and there's a bunch of armed dudes in the back with who knows who they work for. <laughs> um, and they drive to the diner where our S.H.I.E.L.D. team is having their last meal together because they're assuming that they're going to prison. Um, and they shut down the power and they turn on these floodlights and they run in and they come out. They come back out with the team's bodies wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Um, and then one of the guards says, oh, we left that, we left one at the counter and Enoch is like, that's fine. He wasn't on the list. <laughs> so someone's there bits <laughs> and the team wakes up in this dark room and there is a white monolith with red like stripes on it and it's a different monolith and then it turns into liquid as monoliths do and it eats them up and it spits them out in space somewhere <laughs> and colson wakes up to the scene that is paused like time is paused and one of the windows of this room has blown out and every, everybody's being like sucked out to, into space and so colson's kind of looking around like what the fuck and he he grabs onto like a pipe just in time for time to start coming back to normal speed and um, a door shuts and it shuts the window and everybody's safe. And the men in the room start arguing about a creature that they didn't know how to kill it. And that was the only way they knew how. But what, they lost one of their guys. And then um, Coulson's like, hey, guys, what's up? And then one of the guys is like, oh, you're here. So he knows who Coulson is. And we find out later this guy's name is Virgil. Um, and then we hear these like monstery noises in the distance. And one of the guys is like. Um, oh God, we got to get out of here. Like I didn't sign up for this. And Virgil's like, no, we have to wait for the others to show up. Like there's more coming. Um, and the other guy is like in the doorway and he gets pulled into a doorway by this monster that they call a rope. They call them roaches. And Colson's like, all right, time for you to explain what's going on. So he introduces himself. His name's Virgil. He is called the greeting party and he is a true believer of this like, story prophecy situation that we'll find out a little bit more later and then mac shows up and mid-sentence just takes him out knocks him out um and mac's like all right what's happening and uh colson's like well i do know that we're in space and mac's like well that makes sense it's the one thing that we haven't done yet <laughs> like jacqueline you spoke said. you spoke too soon <laughs> yep <laughs> haven't gone back in the past <laughs> Oh, it's so cute. I Mac is hilarious in these episodes. God, he's just not having it. Well, um, I, I like that they he he's not quite because like a lot of sci-fi or genre shows, they have a character who like really clearly speaks for the audience. Who I I, I usually enjoy that character. Like it's usually like a snarky, nerdy, yeah, white dude in glasses. <laughs> like, it's something I can relate to. <laughs> like like like, but and, and it's not always that anymore. But that's sort of what they used to be too often, but I feel like he Max serves that role by like referencing nerdy sci-fi movies, even like with yeah. his horror movie stuff or, you know, not liking robots. Like, like, like there's, there's, there's little things that Mac does that like feed into that without like overwhelmingly feeding into that cliche without yeah. like, but being then he has the whole capable. magic thing. And then that's like him and Simmons are just butt heads on the whole magic thing. And it's, I don't know. It's really funny. Like, no, I, I love, I love it. Like there's something very grounded about Mac in a way that none of the other characters have. And I feel like they each have their own unique 
groundings. Like like yeah. in some ways, I'm thinking about how one of our new cast members who's introduced in this episode is is uh... like Daisy has that sometimes too. She's kind of like, oh, cool, we're doing this now, great. Like <laughs> it's like that kind of sarcastic. Well, in the first season, especially, she yeah. definitely had that role as like. Grounding the newbie. In, in reality and 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 someone being like oh whoa what is this like like yeah yep for sure um so yo-yo pops into existence and someone tries to grab her from behind with a gas mask off and she starts beating the shit out of her but it's simmons and um he's like what the fuck like why do you have this mask on and simmons like well i don't know if the air was safe to breathe because there's a bunch of dead bodies in the room and it looks like the bodies have been like sucked of all their all their fluids are like dehydrated and it's really gross. And then Mac and Coulson show up and they're like, what did this? And Coulson's like, aliens did it. He aliens suck these humans dry. Um, and it looks like somebody locked all these people in with the aliens. So this is all very confusing and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're solving many mysteries at this point. This is an orientation to their new uh, reality for the next, I don't know how long they're here. A few months. Half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Weeks. I don't know how time is. What What is time? Um, time is so, not our friend this season. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so the original door that Coulson came or like the window that Coulson, that room that Coulson was in opens and somebody glides in through the busted window and he has a mask on. And this is we know this is Deke played by Jeff Ward. And Deke is very has a very interesting introduction. Like he goes from very I don't know. We'll talk about him in a bit. I think, but I was surprised how he was introduced versus who he is now. <laughs> I guess. Oh, for sure, it's interesting because like it makes sense. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll get more into it. But I I know what you mean. Like like it's very it's like stark oh he's very yeah very contrast. different character than what he lets on to be, which makes sense. Like he has to survive. I was gonna um, say. Uh, a really like 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 weird way to put it. I feel like when when he first shows up, I think he's gonna be like Star Lord in the beginning of the first no. Guardians of the Galaxy in a very specific way. And he yeah, I thought the same like thing him in a very different way. Like like yep. he's still a lot like Star Lord, yeah. but very but a totally different set. Like the goofy of dumb part of Star Lord. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, no, that totally gave me Star Lord feels too, and I was like, I know that they totally like pulled from Guardians of the Galaxy for that scene because that's exactly what it felt like. And I think it was supposed to throw you off. It was supposed to make you think he's going to be, you know, Space Ward. Even you know, you said his name is Jeff Ward, but I, I'm referring to our other Ward. Yeah. But, but like when he first appears, you think he might be like that, like a space badass. But yeah. it turns out like he's competent and yeah. incredibly good at surviving. But badass? No. no. <laughs> like, like a, never. Not just, not even sort of. Uh, there's a scammer, more like it. Um, yeah. So May comes to poor May. She's fucking just. I mean, her of all people could handle this, but she comes to and there she come she appears in this room with a metal pipe through her leg, which wow, Jeez, man, like, dude, way to like she just fucking like. Woke up from bringing the framework for how long and now she like can't fucking use her like and she hears these like alien growls and she's like shit what do I do and so she finds a dead guy and she grabs his belt to like leverage the pipe out of its origin so she starts tugging on it Ugh, god scenes are like fucking gruesome um so Mac is mad because <laughs> Coulson didn't bring his fancy robotic hand he brought the civvy hand and he's like, dude, it's like the Boy Scouts always come prepared. And Coulson's arguing with him. He's like, well, we were going to get locked up. I didn't want them to take it away. Like, prison's hard enough. Like, down an appendage, it's not great. Um, and 
Mac is just like, I am done. I'm quitting. And Colson's like, you already quit once. He's like, well, I didn't quit hard enough. I'm really done this time. When we get back, I am quitting S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and Gemma's kind of like, meh, I've been to space. This is old news. I've been through it. We just got to use the scientific method. We're fine. And Yo-Yo is like, wait, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't have a space division called Spear or something? Like, you guys aren't prepared for this? Okay. Two things real quick. Uh, <laughs> they're not quite full-on comic connections, but they are um, comic uh, connection adjacent, I suppose. So S.H.I.E.L.D. does have a space uh, division or counterpart in the Marvel Comics universe called the Sentient World Observation and Response Department, or S.W.O.R.D. We talked about this before, right? Yeah, I think so. Because they also have one for <laughs> alternate realities called Armor. So oh Armor, God. S.H.I.E.L.D., and S.W.O.R.D. I'm assuming they have one for people with large heads called Helmet? Or I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that's also, what the framework should have been called was Helmet. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this, I believe, could have been a reference as well because when it came out, it was after uh, introduced by... Nick Spencer, we've talked a little bit about in relation to Hydra Cap and awful stuff. Not a great dude. Uh, in his Avengers World series, which was a companion to the main Avengers title in like, I think from like 2012 through, th- through 2015, uh, he introduced an organization called Spear. I don't believe it actually stands for anything. I think it's <laughs> just pretend. And it's uh, the Chinese version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, Okay. Apparently, every country in America uh, you know, follows so, America's lead in a, in a Marvel universe and, and makes up really stupid acronyms. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so they're trying to rouse Virgil because he's the only one who's going to give them answers and has been, actually been welcoming to him. And Coulson's like, how hard did you hit him? And Mac is like, what do you mean as hard as I possibly could? <laughs> like hello <laughs> like we're in a strange area in space we don't know who these people are i thought he was trying to attack you mac is so upset he is so upset like he's like i just got out of the framework like fucking robots now we're in space and there's aliens and you don't have your fancy robotic hands like <laughs> i think Every- at one point colson says he's like i'm not like a swiss army knife or something. i think he does well and i feel like mac's reaction to everything is like a unique reaction like it every every single every single one of them is as as if uh you don't remember the movie clerks the like the, the yeah i didn't the, see it though <laughs> oh it, it there's like a refrain where i think he says it a couple times but it's definitely like the underlying message and he says it at least once but the main character keeps saying or keeps recalling a moment where he says i wasn't even supposed to be here today <laughs> like it's supposed to be his day off and i feel like that's max vibe Overall, but also to everything that's happening, everything is making him react that way. We're just like, why is this hat? Like, come on, man! <laughs> like, I, I just wanted to eat at that diner. Hi. <laughs> oh, like, like... <laughs> oh, he's just so over it. Um. So uh, apparently, well, I mean, we were there. Virgil told Colson that they were supposed to serve a purpose. They were there to save them. And Mac is like, I should have been a fireman. <laughs> Why did I do this? Um, he just wanted, dude, he just wanted to be a mechanic with S.H.I.E.L.D. And now here he is, like, in fucking space. I'd be pissed, too. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to help people doing something he thought was right and enlisted and literally was going to fix cars yeah. <laughs> and More. equipment. And- yeah. 
for a spy organization. And Instead. Now... <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so he's man. constantly besieged by robots. <laughs> yeah. His nemesis. These <laughs> monoliths and time travel and all these things. Um, meanwhile, May is still trying to get herself loose before these aliens come and she finally pulls the pipe out of the wall and then she has to pull it out of her leg and they show everything and it was like, dude, <laughs> they're not like holding back at all. And I remember you mentioned to me through text, like, because Jacqueline was talking about in our bonus episode about season seven premiere, how the lighting in this season is very dark and it looks like I did not notice the first time watching it, but it is for sure. I'm glad she said that for us to notice. It's very dark. Like the entire situation is dark. We'll find out next episode. <laughs> but in um, general, everything is so dimly lit. And I think. Yeah. It's probably a combination of budget and intentional, like, as a way to, like, cheaply like achieve. thematically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, I mean, it'd be a low-light situation. They're conserving power. They're in a space station. Like, like I, I think there's mm-hmm. real reasons why there's not a lot of light, but at the same time, it doesn't stop you from being able to see everything clearly in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, it's very, oof, there's, there's a lot of dark and gore going on here so virgil Uh, speaking of gore virgil wakes up um and he knows who everybody is he's like oh alfonso mac mckenzie and you're yo-yo rodriguez can i call you yo-yo and she's like no (laughs) and then he's like oh and Gemma. oh but fitz has been left behind it's okay and he's like there are stories about you guys showing up you're here to save humanity and then he is trying to starts to speak about something else and before he can finish an alien shows up and claws through his face and then they all run away. <laughs> well, I feel like he was he was in a way in a way like more than any character ever before us. Like and not yeah. just the viewer fans, but specifically us. Like he practically like he's like the future version of Project E. <laughs> like he yeah. knows everything about them. Yeah. So yeah. I mean that's how harsh. we were like, oh, you're Mac. You're so cool. Like, I can't believe I'm getting to meet you. Yeah, that's so funny. Um so Yo-Yo has grabbed the gun that Virgil had and they're running away from these aliens down the hallway and she's shooting this crazy fire gun at it and then they get to this dead end and she's run out of rounds of whatever is shooting out of this gun and they're like, fuck. And then Daisy shows up from behind and quakes it and kills it and this this triumphant music comes out and it's like, Daisy saves the day again. Yay. And everybody's happy to see her. We're always happy to see her. Um... So the masked dude, Deke, crawls out from behind this box in the same room that May is in, and he's she's like kind of watching him from around the corner, and he starts looting these dead guys, and he cuts this device out of their wrists, and um, you know takes their money and or whatever he takes, he takes a bunch of shit, and he May thinks that he leaves, um, and she comes out from around the corner, but he didn't leave, and he's like, I've been looking for you, and boy, did he make a mistake trying to fuck with May, even though she's down a leg because. She starts beating the shit out of him and he starts trying to beat the shit out of her and he does a pretty good job and he straps this device from his belt onto her and it makes her float in the air and then he shoves her against the wall. It's some kind of like gravity thing. I forget what he calls it. Gravity belt buckle. I don't know. That's what we're going to call it. Um, and I so she, he, yeah, I don't remember it. I know he calls it something. Um, so he tries to talk to her and he tries to come closer and she kicks him and he's like, oh, okay. So he shoves a gag in her mouth to make her shut up, which I'm like, that doesn't help the kicking, but okay. Um, 
So Daisy's like, hey, so uh, does any of this have to do with the deal that you made with the ghostwriter? And Coulson's like, no. And Yo-Yo's like, maybe we're in the framework. And everyone's like, no, no. <laughs> and Mac is like, no, it's magic. <laughs> and Gemma's like, no. <laughs> no and there, this bit is so great because I, I feel know. like it, there's been a couple instances where it's come up and it comes up again in the next season a little bit, which even more so makes sense maybe than ever before. Like there's the confluence of everything, but after ghost rider they need to just accept magic <laughs> like on some level I, I definitely get jim is wanting to figure out what it is and what what they know because as we all find out it's not quite as simple as that but with you know with the monoliths and everything it's some sci-fi gibberish as well but functionally is he wrong like they got rocks that send you across space or time you know like they used <laughs> a book to like a, a robot used a book to make a body for herself <laughs> like that previously a dude was using to make carbon out of nothing and like yeah this magic I, book <laughs> i don't know um and the whole funny. ghost rider thing that's possessed at this point now mac and colson too like yeah yeah magic's real man <laughs> yeah um and Gemma's like magic is just science we don't know uh exists yet or something like that and he's like i don't know about that <laughs> um and they're like okay well we need to find may and colson's like let's split up and mac is like oh hell no have you ever seen a movie and he's like they always pick them off one by one and you know the first who's gonna be gone which is him because he's the black dude um, so they do not split up and they are creeping down the hallway, like very slowly and cautiously. And Colson's like, this has to be the coolest we've ever looked. Very sarcastically, obviously. <laughs> oh my God. The self-awareness is just so good. They are like, this is, I'm sorry. It's very dark, but it's fucking hilarious. Just their reactions to all of this. Um, it is. So it's like, at okay. this point, I feel like their like tongue in cheek stuff is like, a, a, a shittier show would have them like wink at the camera, but they're like almost to that point. Because <laughs> <They really are. laughs> they're like, really? We're in space. I mean, like, it's reasonable. I understand. And it, it oh, works. It works no, really absolutely. well. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I like it. Be and I feel like maybe it's because I have a high tolerance for it because I don't know if you were the same way, but I grew up on those really, really cheesy Sam Raimi produced um uh, syndicated shows like xena and hercules oh yeah you know? so oh, like yeah. <laughs> so some level like i remember being 12 because i was such a nerd and so i mean just like my comic section connection you know like i could have hosted a xena podcast for my friends at, the, at that age like and been like here's the all the problems with that greek mythology you know <laughs> i like gone through all the inaccuracies and discrepancies <laughs> but something about like that level of winkiness does not bother me maybe as much as it should but it, they don't go full on and embrace it like, like they they just they just nod their heads to it and i feel like that's what makes it work because it's you can sustain your willing suspension of disbelief even though Patton oswald is playing three people and his own grandfather you know? <laughs> like someone just dm'd me asking how to pronounce b-i-p-o-c it's like it's an acronym you don't pronounce that it stands for something <laughs> like yeah, I, mean, I, I guess usually, we do say shield but whatever right it's like cia how we don't read cia or fbi like we read shield yeah. or yeah. or 
you know, or even like nine times out of ten, I don't hear anyone. I don't hear anyone talking about the who. You know, if they say the WHO uh, or you know, that like one the, or pox could. for POC, you don't say pock like you say. Yeah, POC. I've never heard anyone say. say <laughs> so that. I was like, I don't know. I was like, what the hell? I'm. I just was like, it's an acronym. We don't pronounce it as a word. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's super weird. It's very weird. Um, so Deke has May tied up and he's like, okay, don't kick me again or I'm going to leave you for the roaches. And he's like, I'm really sorry about this, but you have to blend in. And he grabs her wrist and installs what he calls a metric, which we find out more about those later. And oh my God, he like stabs her through the wrist. And she's like, poor May, like she's been through so much. She's now been impaled twice, like in different limbs. And the rest of the team is slowly making their way down the hallways. Coulson and Gemma are trying to figure out where they are. They're like looking around. They're like, you know, it looks man-made. Like there's devices to like recycle water and air. These guns are definitely not man-made. Like those have to be from aliens. And then Yo-Yo finds the flare that Deke left in the hallway. I didn't mention that, but whatever. He left a flare in the hallway before he gets into this room that he's in with May. And... um. They walk in and it's empty except for the dead guys and Coulson sees blood and May's jacket and he's like, well, she wouldn't have, you know, gone down without a fight. So she's probably still out there. Um, and Daisy sees there's like a computer console. Daisy sees a label set that says water reclamation. And so um, <laughs> so she goes to look at it and Coulson's like, oh, Gemma, you were right. And Gemma looks at Mac and says, I figured it out using magic. <laughs> no, that one. <laughs> That one made me laugh. That was good. That was really good. Um, so Daisy and Gemma are checking out the screen, and it looks like the the machine is like monitoring like asteroids that are outside, and they're collecting water from ice and space. So they're starting to form a plan. They're like, okay, if they're collecting water, there has to be a ship, so we can get the ship, and then we can get out there and send a message and get help. And then all of a sudden, a a, a, um, a line appears on the screen that says "human access denied." Um, and they're like, what does that mean? What? I guess humans are not in charge here. And then all of a sudden the Kree show up and everybody gets knocked out by a Kree weapon. And yep, here we are. <laughs> and now they're in space jail. Um, but Mac and Yoya are not with them. And Daisy starts to get mouthy with one of the Kree guards. And they're just like, you humans suck. We don't fucking care about you. Go away. And they're not, not very nice. Um, and Mac and Yoya are hung from the ceiling in this really cold room. It's like icy everywhere and the Cree come in and Mac is like, hey, why don't you let Yo-Yo go? And he gets punched and then and like they just keep punching him and Mac starts speaking to Span starts speaking to Yo-Yo in Spanish, which is really cute. Um, And apparently he learned Spanish in the framework because Hope's school like Spanish was a requirement. So that's really cute. <laughs> And that's also a convenient plot device. <laughs> I like no, that. No, it's it's sweet and and a little bit like hand wavy of well now they can talk in secret from the Cree, but Yeah. Well it's funny too because Mac is like, Hey, do you speak English? And they're like, Of course we do. <laughs> it's like, oh, of course. <laughs> um so Gemma thinks that the Cree have been abducting humans. She thinks this is some outpost outpost out in like deep space. She thinks that the Cree have been abducting humans. And then all of a sudden the door opens to their cell and Deke is there with May and he's like, hey, guys, and he's like, play along. Um, and he tries to get the guard to let them go. And eventually he just bribes him. And this whole scene is very like, hey, I told you not to trust Virgil. And now he's dead. See, good, good for him. Like, it's just very like, I don't know, Deke being Deke. But we don't know that he's Deke at this point. But this, like, is, we don't this, know. Is, he, this is how he is. <laughs> this, this is 
starting to be like a, a, the real view, I think, because like you said, like the earlier shots of him were almost hey. Star Lord esque, <laughs> but this is like you're starting to see. Yeah, he's there. Might be a little overlap where they're like, uh, I don't know, just full of it. But he's he's very good at at kind of just distracting people. Yeah, and I feel like it is. It's it's more bullshitting necessarily necessarily than like negotiating or being a con man because I don't think he's necessarily putting one over on someone most of the time. He's just like distracting them very yeah. effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so Yo-Yo, uh, they're not going to kill Mac, um, because they're going to bring him to Cassius. They think he's going to be a great gift, um, but they are going to kill Yo-Yo and they're going to freeze her to death. And they start with her hands, which is foreshadowing that uh, we were talking about off pod. You did not realize was foreshadowing at the time. Yeah. When I first watched this, because I hadn't been caught up on the comics, I hadn't read Secret Warriors where she ends up losing her arms and having them replaced with prostheses and, you know, or prosthetics, which we now know happens in this show. And they hint at it really heavy in yeah. this stuff. Like, like, like they even talk about it when this whole sequence is, is, is over. You know, they're like, we thought we were going to lose your arms. And it's like, I know. fuck you guys. Like, I'm like, it's, it's wallowing it a little in, a, in it a little bit. So mean. <laughs> um, so the other half of the team is walking down the hallway and they're free. And May's like, oh, we in space? Okay, cool. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> and she's like limping. And Deke is, this is, they are a job for him. And he's not happy because Virgil's dead and he was supposed to pay him. And they obviously don't have money to pay him because they don't have those things in their wrist. And so he's, they, and Colson's like, can you help us? We don't know what's going on. And he's just like, nope, not having it. Uh, and they start arguing, and then they get distracted by something. And so May grabs his gravity thing off his belt and pins him to the wall. And they go about their plan. And so May and Simmons are going to go get the ship so they can get a message out. And Daisy is going to go after Mac and Yo-Yo and free them. And she tells Colson like, – Colson was going to go with her, but she's like, no, you need to get answers. We can't let our leader die. Um, and so Colson's going to stay and interrogate Deke. So – Simmons and May are in the elevator and there's like it's a windowed elevator so they can see to the outside and they're just like what the fuck how many Cree live here like what is this place and um Gemma starts talking about how the Cree that were like in their their little earth outpost were bred to kill humans or inhumans um and they were sent to live close to earth and so they think that maybe they're planning an invasion for earth and then they get off the elevator and they're trying to play it cool, like walking down the hallway. And they're going to uh, the ship is called the Trawler, a Trawler, whatever. Um, so um, Coulson is asking to he's like, what did these Cree want? And he's like, maybe we can figure, you know, maybe we can figure something out. Like and Deke's like, they just want our total submission. Like they don't they don't want anything. They just want us to be their slaves. <laughs> um, and then Daisy shows up and she saves Mac and Yo-Yo. Um, she, you know, she gets them cut down and then they start fighting the two huge Cree dudes in this room and it takes all three of them to take them down and Gemma and May get into the ship and they're like great we need a key and Gemma's like oh maybe that's what I grabbed off of Virgil after he died and so um she gives the key to May and it works and so uh May's like or Gemma's like hey have you ever flown a spaceship and May's like you know the answer to that question and she's flying, a, she's flying a spaceship. It's so cool. And there's like this really like the triumphant shield music is like really beautiful here. And it's just like this really 
it's a really cool moment in a really horrific place. <laughs> um, May's first space adventure. Um, and so um, Deke starts asking Coulson questions and Coulson's like, what are you talking about? Like we were at a diner eating pie. Now we're here. And Deke's like, what kind of drugs are you on? Can I have some? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That deadline stood out to me. Like, I think partially just because I'm like watching Deke more closely mm -hmm. than uh, in the first uh, viewing, but also like, that's such a cliched like line. Like I've heard it delivered so many different ways but never I feel like as like naturally or as earnestly yeah. <laughs> as Jeff Ward does right there. Like usually it's somebody making an emphasis on how wacky you are. It's like, yeah. what do you want? And where can I get some? It's like usually a cop in some yeah. 70s It's very movie. understated in how he delivers it. He's just yeah. like, what do you want? Like, can I, I have some? <laughs> I believed him. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and, and given some of the episodes, what next season, you know, where they, the fear and loathing and oh, yeah. kids and well, it's like, I feel like we're we're due for a, an episode where Deke is tripping ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he gets drunk. That's not exactly the same, but, you know, it's close. So, yeah, I, I um, Jeff Ward is a really good actor. Like, I kind of had forgotten that because, like, because of how we saw him interacting with the rest of the cast and how I see him interacting with Chloe on Instagram and stuff. He's just kind of a goofball anyway, and that's kind of what his character is on the show now. But I right. he's he not has, required. He's not required to have a lot of range. Yeah, but his he has some good range here. Like he is able to play this like dark, shifty creature. That's like I don't know the way he deliver his his delivery of with dark humor is really good. I think. Um, yeah, I well, you I'm, don't know how much he's a sweetheart who loves his pop pop. Like <laughs> like like we. Before Bobo, we, somebody calls yeah, him. Yeah, yes, yes, Bobo. Before we find <laughs> out about how much he cares about Bobo, you know, like it's it, it, you don't get a good read on him, and he does do a good job of playing. I think something that is really true, like like there is definitely a front, you know, a toughness mm -hmm. on on the surface that isn't really there. I think, but there is like a true survival, you know, instinct that's mm -hmm. there, a, a true like yeah. Like but we get these little peaks of the real Deke with the like, can I have some? And then when he like compliments Daisy on her name and like there's just like these little peaks of real Deke in in these interactions. And it's kind of fun to see them now that we now that we know who he is. Um so um Mac and Daisy and Yo Yo are able to finally kill the Cree. And they this is where they talk about, oh you almost lost your hands, Yo Yo. Oh no. When she says, um, like, like, I started to envision them with hooks, and it's just like, are you guys, like, like, I get why they chose to, to do the storyline, to adapt it or whatever, but the terrible. What, what point is it to tease it? It, it? it makes it feel more indulgent, which then makes it feel more like gore porn or torture porn or something. Yeah. Less, yeah. less okay. I agree. But, I don't feel like I remember them doing anything else like that. Maybe that was just for this episode. Hopefully it doesn't. Know, but like, I'm, I'm a little worried and I feel I like that's going to be something during this rewatch, this half of the season that I'm going to be like, yeah, or are they going to, are they going to go there again? Like, I really hope because yeah. that's something in, um, Oh, I'm trying to think of, uh, there's something really recent where that, where that happened. Uh, in, in, in a kind of comic book adaptation. I can't remember what it was, but it's something where somebody ended up losing uh, a hand in, in, a, in a story and, and it kept on almost happening Ugh. in in a movie. And it ne I don't think it ever did. It's like, it, it, oh, oh, no, that's it. Now I remember. I remember first season of um, 
Luke Cage. Because oh, Misty Knight ends up losing yeah. her arm. Yeah. And they, they did. They like teased it so many times. And I got to a point where, you know, having it been a, a part of her character for decades, like, and when I was introduced to the character when I was born, you know, she already had a robotic prosthetic, but it's just like, what's the point of teasing it over and over and over again like that? Like what? When what, it's what, like what a woman of color too, yeah. it just feels extra gross. Both times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, it, um, it isn't cool. It's not. <laughs> I hope this is the only time they do that. I, d- I really honestly don't remember. I don't either. And I, and I, I can't help if it's just because I didn't know, you know, until yeah. after it happened. And then I read, and I read up on it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they have their conversation about Yo-Yo's hands and then Daisy sees a computer console again, and she wants to use the Cree hands to access the computers. Um, and meanwhile, Gemma in the spaceship with May is like, I recognize some of the constellations, so we can't be too far away from Earth. And Deke and Coulson are talking. And um, Coulson's like, when was this built? Like, it was a built in the, it couldn't have built in, been built in the 20s because he thinks it's still modern day. <laughs> yeah. And at first he's like, was it built like 30 years ago by like Howard Stark in the yeah. 80s or something? Like, yeah, like, he's like, like- trying to figure out like based on the tech that he's saying and Deke's like no this was built by humans 90 years ago I was born on this station um and Deke's like where are you from and Coulson's like what I'm from I'm from earth and he's like what part of earth and Coulson's like I'm from Wisconsin he's like no not where when are you from (laughs) um meanwhile Gemma and May see a school bus floating through space and the backdrop to that is like Earth's crust. <laughs> yeah, like with, the top third of the Earth or something. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> and it's completely destroyed. And the asteroid field that they're flying through is Earth. Um, and then, da- meanwhile, Daisy, Mac, and Yo-Yo are kind of starting to figure things out as well while they're looking at the computer. And Mac is like, let me say that postcard that we found on – because they found a postcard on Virgil. I forgot to mention that. Um, and it's from Fitz, and it says working on it. Ooh, that's the end of that episode. And that's all we get of Fitz, I think, in both parts. Yeah, that is. Um, so part two, we start up and Gemma and May are on the trawler and they're being hit by like asteroid debris. And May's like, what do we do? And Gemma's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you're the pilot. <laughs> um, May is just like going through so many shocks right now. I feel so bad for her. She's just like, I don't know what's happening. Um, so they, like the, one of the asteroids like hits their ship and like fucks something up. And so Gemma just turns the ship off and turns it back on. She's like, first rule of IT, just restart it. <laughs> and it works oddly enough. And so they're able to navigate through this asteroid field. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and they get off the trawler and they get back onto the station and they walk off and Coulson and May are both like, this is earth and we're in the future. What the fuck? Like simultaneously. And they're like, well, what do we do? How do we get back now? And they're looking at Simmons and she's like, yeah, sure. I'm a biologist, but I can invent time travel right now. That's fine. Just give me a second. Um, And then they're like, hey, Deke, you should help us. And he's like, no way. Um, But I can help you in one way. You guys need these metrics. Like everybody has them and it's going to be suspicious. You need to blend in. Um, So you need you need these. And then a woman comes around the corner and starts yelling at Deke. And her name is Tess. And she's looking for Virgil. And Coulson has to tell her that Virgil is dead. And it's very sad. She's she's uh, she's very upset by it. And then um, Deke is like, hey, you know all the weird 
crazy shit that Virgil was always talking about. Like, I think this is them. I think this is the people that he was talking about coming from the past to save us. And she's like, no way. I don't believe it. Um, he's like, well, look how they're dressed. Like, they're not from here. And Coulson pulls out like a nickel or something. He's like, yeah, this was made last year. Look, nice and shiny. And then as he's holding it out, Tess looks at his wrist. She's like, yeah, you don't have a metric and you never did. There's no scar or anything. Like, you really aren't from here. Um, and she's like, well, we have to like, we have to make sure that they don't stand out. Like it's dangerous. And he says this line, he's like, well, I can't help it. They just do whatever they want. It's like hurting rats. (laughs) (laughs) And Deke tries to leave because he's like, I'm done. Like, I'm not even getting paid. Like I'm over this. They're just a job. And Tess is like, I'll double your pay. You need to help us. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm in. (laughs) So... Deke um, goes to go get Yo-Yo, Mac, and Daisy, and Tess is going to take everybody else to go blend in somewhere, and um, (laughs) Deke walks in, he's like, did you kill that Kree? And they're like, yeah, is that a problem? Because there's another one right here, and he's like, oh shit, like, you killed two Kree? Um, It's not good, it's not a good thing. Um, So he's like, they're going to, like, retaliate if if they see this, if they find this out. And so Mac is like, why don't we just put them with the other dead people that we found with the monsters? And so that's what they're going to do. <laughs> um, so Tess is, is explaining to Coulson and May and Gemma that some catastrophic event tore Earth apart and the Kree showed up and essentially destroyed everything that contained human history. So they have no idea, like what happened or how they got here. Um, and they go up to this floor and it's like filled with people. It's like a marketplace for, for these, for this floor. Um, and everybody looks like fucking refugees. It's really sad. <laughs> and she says, this place is called the lighthouse. And she sh- kind of shows them around the floor, shows them, Hey, this is where you get this. And this is this. And, um, uh, she talks about how Virgil was like one of the last believers because the Cree killed anybody that believed that shield was coming back to save them. Um, and so like, there's nobody left that knows anything about their story or like why they're there. And so may asks, she's like, why don't you guys just fight back? Like you have the numbers and Tess is like, no, like we need them to survive. Like everybody, on like everybody on here has a job to do so that we can survive <laughs> on this station um so colson suggests he's like hey like can we go to virgil's room because there has to be some kind of clue for like why he wanted us here and so tess is going to take colson to virgil's room to look for clues and she's like okay to Gemma and may she's like guys stay here and blend in don't do anything of course they're not gonna do that <laughs> so um, the others uh, managed to get the Cree bodies on top of the elevator, and Mac is really disturbed by being being able to see them because there's a skylight. He's like, of course there's a fucking skylight. And Deke's like, what's a skylight? And Mac is just like, oh boy, oh man, this is this is great. Um, and Tess is asking Coulson about Earth. She's like, isn't it? Aren't you scared? Like it's so much safer. Like with four walls around you. Like weren't you scared on Earth with like earthquakes and storms and Sharknado? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sharknado is fiction. It's fine. It's just entertainment. Like Earth was great. Like, <laughs> um, and they um, they try to talk about a window. I don't know what that means. Well, um, they try to walk by a window. <laughs> I have no idea what that. <laughs> I'm means. not sure what significance that is. Um, <laughs> that's a good time as any, I suppose. Another weird. Almost comic connection. Virgil Ames 
is a physician for S.H.I.E.L.D. in oh. one issue of one comic book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a Marvel team-up number 83 in July 1979, created by Steve Lealoha and uh, Chris Claremont uh, and Sal Buscema. And he was hypnotized by Viper uh, in order to uh, kill Black Widow, uh, who was a patient who he was working with. And ring physician. <laughs> yeah. And Viper would be the inspiration, would be Madame Hydra's Ophelia Sarkeesian, the inspiration oh. for uh, Ada taking the name Ophelia. And I would assume that they were just thumbing through a bunch of Marvel things for, related to S.H.I.E.L.D. and found an obscure character named Virgil and used the name. Yeah. I was going to ask you if there was any significance there, so I'm glad you. The only other reason I would think they would use it would be from like the like the poet Virgil, like who like wrote you know like epics about uh, what do you call it Roman uh, you know versions of Greek classics and their own Mm -hmm. stories and like I think what did he do like the uh, the Aenid or Enid the crazy story of Aeneas I can. All the stuff I just read as a kid, so I don't know how to pronounce any of this Roman <laughs> stuff. But it was I know uh, how you feel. <laughs> one of the Trojan War like yeah. character, like sub characters, like yeah. basically, like, like like it was like it was like he did he did he did the uh, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw for that character <laughs> 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 from, from the Odyssey or from the Iliad. The Iliad. Oh he did the a- the Aeneid or whatever about Aeneas. But yeah, uh, I figured it. I figured at first it had to do with that probably, but then Googling and doing a search for Marvel Shield Virgil, feel like it could be a confluence of those. Like mm-hmm. maybe it was just maybe they were looking up random Shield related characters and thought, oh, Virgil's a good name to be the person who kept the story of Shield yeah. going because it yeah. does it does work. Yeah, it does. I agree. Okay, so I figured out what I meant by this. They oh, would try to walk I'm by a window because I was curious. Cause like, so they're walking down the hallway of right. the lighthouse, and there's a window where they eventually end up working for this dude. And there's a white guy that has like his he's leaning up against the window, and um, he calls for Tess because he's like, "Hey, my trawler went out, and I didn't get anything from it. Like, what are you guys doing?" This is the old bald dude. Yeah, the old bald dude. Yeah, um, whose name is uh, starts with a G. We find out later. I forget in the notes later um but he she's like oh we were training our new pilot like don't worry about it um because virgil's dead and he's like oh that's too bad and i guess tess owes him work uh, so she's like all right yeah i know i'll be back um we're learning a little bit more about this future dystopia <laughs> um and so <laughs> Deke is still very upset by these dead Cree and he and Mac is like, dude, we got to come up with a better system. I can't keep bringing these Cree up here every time we kill one. And Deke is like, the system is no more dead Cree. <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't do that. And Mac is just like, OK, um, we got to get out of here. I can't deal with you. And um, he calls for Daisy to come and he's like, and Deke's like, oh, your name's Daisy, like the flower. That's really pretty. And she's like, does those kind of pickup lines work in the future? and he's like mm, apparently not <laughs> so i like starts- it because he's not like he's not super like flirty like like he's not unbearably so you know yeah. he clearly likes her but it, it it's not like creepy level which he totally could have been like they could have gone a little yeah, too and it far and i kind of get to that later <laughs> they do i feel like they undercut it with by making him extra goofy as they do that like so it becomes less annoying and then they 
they back off at the, just the right time. But like, yeah, no, they, they're toeing the line in this, in this one. <laughs> I know. Um, but this is the beginning of Deke's obsession with Daisy, I guess. So here we are. Um, so Tess and Coulson are in Virgil's room and this is like Coulson's dream. Like there's so many like old earth artifacts in here. And I guess Virgil like to collect them and, um colson's asking like hey is, you know are there any humans on the surface and tess is like the surface will never be livable for humans again i guess only the the roaches live there and tess finds this tiny little globe and she's like oh he used to keep this in the cockpit like he really he really believed that the earth would look like this again someday and colson finds this little book that was hidden and there's a bunch of drawings in it. he's like this could be something so we're taking it um and so May and Gemma are kind of walking around like the marketplace area and they see a Cree with like a piece of tech. It's like a iPad thing. And they're like, that's the only tech we've seen uh, at all since we've been here. And Gemma's like, yeah, they're keeping the humans in the dark ages so they can't fight back. Like they're just hoarding all of the technology to themselves. And this Cree woman comes out and she's holding these metal balls in her hand. And she looks really badass. Um, we find out later her name is Sonara. Um, she she and- is pretty badass. Yeah. And a human comes out and he's like, Cassius has decided to feed you. And so everybody starts grabbing bowls. Something's going to happen. And so this food starts coming out of this pipe and people start fighting over it and like stabbing each other. And um, someone stabs the human guy who is like the, you know, Cassius's, I don't know, herald. <laughs> and um, he makes the the guy who stabs him makes a run for it. But the lady, the lady Cree like sends those balls after him and he, he kills him in the hallway with, you know, her mind, I guess. And Gemma goes to help the human dude that's in white. Um, and everybody's like, what is she doing? And she's like, oh, you, I need to cauterize this wound. And May brings her something to, you know, burn him. And this draws the Cree's attention. And they're like, what are you doing? And they take her away. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, May kind of steps forward to be like, okay, do you want me to help you? And Gemma's like, no, no, just, you know, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. So she's going. Well, to- I, when I, I feel like we get the vibe, at least, I, I, I don't know for sure if I had it on the initial viewing, you know, you know in knowing that I have vague recollections of how the season progresses, you know, mm-hmm. and my, 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 re- my reviewing it might, may have uh, influenced it, but, but I feel like, I feel like I probably already would have felt my initial viewing just based on how Jim has developed over the seasons that like to me, she's giving a vibe where it's like, I'm, I'm using this, like I'm going to collect Intel. Like this is yeah, like almost yeah. like this is a good thing. It's not necessarily what she was planning. Like, like, like she just was trying to help someone cause it's what she does, but mm-hmm. it happened to be really advantageous rather than be like, Oh shit, what are we going to do? She's, she's like, no, this is good. Like I'm going to yeah. work with this. Well, her, her, if that is the case, her plan gets flipped on its head later. <laughs> so, For sure. Yeah. So everybody gets reunited again, and Deke is like, what happened? And Tess, um, uh, or everybody gets reunited, and they realize, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, May tells them that Simmons got taken, and Deke's like, what happened? And he, you know, Tess pulls him aside, and she's like, they're not like us. Like, they're <laughs> weird. And... You know, she's like, maybe like what Virgil was talking about is real. Maybe they really are shield because um, nobody else is like this. Nobody tries to heal people. <laughs> nobody tries to help each other. Um, and uh, Matt, Daisy and Yulia are like, well, why don't we just bust out of here? Like, well, I have powers. Like, it's fine. We can figure it out. And Max like, mm, nobody knows you have powers. And I feel like we should keep that private for now. 
Um, so Daisy's like, I feel like Deke knows something and he's just not telling us. So she's going to tail him to see if he, what he knows. And May sees a tablet and she's like, oh, we should get one of those tablets. And Yo-Yo's like, hello, Yo-Yo, Master Thief here. Um, and then uh, Tess is tasked with making them blend in. So everybody has their roles now. Gemma is taken to this, I called it a weird spa place because I didn't really know what to call it. <laughs> like the Cree bathroom, bathhouse. I don't know. Uh, you, a- I think weird spa is really good. Cree <laughs> bathhouse works. I I think in my notes, uh, my, my personal notes, it was the only well-lit place so far. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like the first place where my eyes didn't have to adjust. The weird, the well-lit weird spa, Cree spa place. There we go. Um, and she, there's another human there dressed in white, like the other dude with like gold paint on her face. And she's like, oh, like you, it's, you need to clean yourself. And Gemma starts trying to talk to her and she doesn't respond. And the Cree woman is behind her also not talking. And so um, she needs to like wash herself and she's going to go be presented to Cassius. And um, after she's clean, she gets led to this room where Cassius, who's played by Dominic, I put Dominic Iranian. That is not his name. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we were talking about him. He was Iranian. What's his last name? I can't remember now. Whatever. I'll, we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> He's an Iranian American actor, and we were talking about that, and I guess I typed that in while I was. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Anyway. Um,. So he's playing with this like grapevine. Reigns, like, Dominic Reigns. Dominic Reigns. <laughs> Reigns, Iranian. Okay. He's got, yeah. he's got almost all, this, all the right letters. <laughs> I'm missing an S. Oh, wow. Um, so Kasaias is plucking grapes from this vine, and um, he's he has all these windows in this room, and it's also a very well lit room. Um, it's very white and lots of weird things in it. And it's like even Hala doesn't have a view like this. Um and um what else? Uh so Daisy is following Deke um and she follows him to this dead end or what looks like one and she kind of quakes around the door and she finds this hidden door and it, she walks into what is uh, like an opium den, I guess, and then all of a sudden she gets drugged and collapses and now she's in the framework <laughs> and it looks like like Windows 98, like with the clouds and like the very like, you know, simplistic view of human life in a city. Um, yeah, it's like, like it's like the actual framework that we got, but crossed with like Sims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's really, it's, yeah. It's Earth as if you had never been to Earth before. Like, you know, makes sense. Anyway, so Kasayas is asking Gemma who she is and how she knows about medicine and Gemma has she's like I'm from processing and my mother taught me and um he says this line a life spent a life earned which is something that gets brought up later and Gemma is trying to play his weird game and she's just like kind of talking around like she kind of is like oh you know I tried to heal him because I thought it would please you and he's like oh yes this is great like you're great. <laughs> Um, and he <laughs> he tells the Cree woman whose name is Sonara, and she's played by Florence Favre. I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's like French Favre. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but she's from The Expanse. She plays Julie Mao in The Expanse. Um, That's, I, I was going to say, the only exposure I have to that last name is a, a football player who, mm-hmm. I, as you might guess, I'm not super familiar with. But yeah. but I distinctly remember like people having a hard time pronouncing Brett Favre's 
last yeah. name, but yeah. I also assume that that's not how to pronounce it, and that's an American like butchering of a French last name, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, because that's just that's sort of how we do things. Yeah, um, she's Thai. Um, not that that makes a difference, but I don't. But, know, but probably probably a French. I would actually. I mean, there was a lot of French influence in Thailand. So I was. I was just going to say. I would assume that a Thai last name from French colonialism would probably mm-hmm. pronounce it closer to the correct way than the American yeah, exactly. version. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Um. So he tells her to. Oh, you know. They were really violent because the, you know they're about ready. You know, there's so much pressure on that floor. Like he tells her to go give them some breathing room. Um, to help relieve this pressure. And that is not what we think it's going to be. <laughs> They're not going to help them. <laughs> um, so now Cassius wants to see a demonstration of Gemma's skills. Um, so May is going to get Tess off their back. So she's going to go distract her so that Yo-Yo can steal the tablet. And Coulson is going to distract everybody by releasing steam from a pipe. And then Yo-Yo goes and gets the tablet. And so all of this goes well. And then an alarm starts blurring. And the Kree come out and they're like, time for a metric inspection. And they're like, oh, shit, we don't have those. (laughs) And so Coulson sees that man, that grumpy man that was in the hallway by the window where I wrote something very incomprehensible (laughs) to myself. (laughs) And he goes to talk to him and he makes a deal. He's like, hey, metrics installed for all of us for this Kree tablet. And he's like, well, that's not worth a Kree tablet, but someone who can get a Kree tablet is worth having. So I'll do this for you but they now have to work for him. So um, meanwhile, Daisy follows uh, Framework Deke into this bar and he knows she's there and he's like, may as well come down and have a beer, even though I don't know what beer tasted like, so it probably doesn't taste good. Um, and uh, Deke, she's like, we're in the framework. And he's like, well, I never called it that. But yeah, like it's what this is based off of. And so he like reprogrammed a bunch of shit based off of like the basic framework technology. And um, she's like, what, no, I was going to say it's sort of a hint at his brilliance and his inheriting that from Gemma and Fitz because he does just spoiler, you know, as we always are at this point, everything yeah. past everything is spoilery. So we know who Deke turns out to be. But uh, I was going to say, because he mentions that, like, this is where we first get more about, like you mentioned before, but they erased human history. But like, we get a little more of that. Like you said, but like they really tried to erase everything yeah. and he scrounged all the pieces of this together that he could, but it was so erased. Like he had to fill in a lot of blanks. So that's why yeah. it has that. But it explains like, like you said, like the windows 95 or whatever vibe and the, and the whole, like, just like he said, he doesn't know what beer tastes like. And it's just super simple and simplistic because he's totally, he's doing the best he can with like really, really limited resources. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's able to do that and the fact that we saw what little access to technology they have, like it shows that he really is brilliant. But like, I feel like some of that impact is dulled by everything that's going on, at least with the first viewing. Like you can appreciate that now knowing what he's capable of later on. Yeah. I feel like the Cree shit, is more urgent right now that's about oh, to for happen. sure it's about to go down and then Gemma's situation as well is pretty urgent oh absolutely uh, but yeah so daisy's like this is your shtick like you you sell like this is your opium den and he's like i'm selling escape um from this horrific reality that we live in which fair um so tess sees what the career doing and she's like oh no like they're do-, and she calls it a renewal 
And so essentially um, they scan everybody's metric and whoever's metric turns red has to either die or kill somebody else. So a life has to be taken. It's fucking horrible. Um, So I think there's like four people whose metrics turn red and the Kree drop like a rifle in the middle of the floor and they just go at it and a bunch of people get shot and stabbed and killed and people start running away. It's it's awful. It's it's like what's that Japanese movie? Um that Hunger Games is basically based on uh Oh, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about Battle with the Royale. island. Yes. Yeah, Battle Royale. Yes. That's what it feels like. Um so the grumpy white dude, uh he he installs uh the metrics in their arms and then he's like Oh, I, f- I forget who says it. It's like somebody, it sounds like somebody's dying out there. Like people are dying. I think it's Colson that says it. And he's like, yeah, um, cool. And then he pushes a button and it, their arms get pinned to the wall with, by their metrics. Um, and the guy's like, yeah, it's so that they find you before they find me. Ha ha. And then he goes into a room and barricades himself in. And the, one of the crazy guys that ended up getting the gun with the red metric, he comes looking for grill. That's the white guy's name. And he's like, Oh, you fucked me over. Um, and girl's like, well, I left you three lives right here, so you don't have to take mine, right, you know, for the taking. And the guy's like, wow, that's fucked up. And so he goes to shoot them. But May shows up and saves the day. Um, and they manage to get him disarmed. And Tess is the one who kills him, ultimately, because obviously nobody on the S.H.I.E.L.D. team would ever do that. And they're like, you didn't have to kill him. Um, and then Grill lets everybody go. And the Kree come and show up to confirm that this guy died or somebody died. Um, they start scanning everybody's metrics and Coulson's metric is like not registered or something. They're like, who are you? And Grill's like, oh, I was like recalibrating it. Like he works for me. So he's covering for them. But now like as part of that conversation with the Kree, it's, a, it's obvious that they're his, like they are essentially his slaves now. <laughs> they work for him forever, which is really gross. Um, so the injured man that Gemma tried to heal comes into the room with her and Cassius, and he's like, show me your wound. And so he lifts up his shirt and his wound is pretty small. It looks fine. And um, he's like, well, uh, will it heal? Will it scar? And she's like, yeah, but it's been like an hour. Like, give it some time. And he's like, mm, I don't like that scar. I need perfection. Ugh. And Dias, he's like, well, I guess I guess he can cover it with his tunic, but I don't like this. And he sees there's a cut on the guy's head. He's like, that we can't hide. I'm not happy with this. I demand perfection. And then he he tells Sonara to kill him. And so the guy gets those balls through his chest and dies. And Gemma starts losing it. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I can't believe you just did that. And she's like, so upset. I would obviously be very upset as well. And Kasaya is, like, <laughs> is like, shut the fuck up. And he takes this weird thing out of the guy's ear as he's dying. Um, and he puts it in her ear and now she can't hear anything but whatever Cassius wants. So her entire world just goes silent. <laughs> so much for espionage. <laughs> and, and Yep. Uh, so Daisy and Deke are still arguing in the framework and they're like, she, they're talking in all these metaphors. <laughs> Deke's like, we're just mixing metaphors, but it's yeah, fine. No, it's, it, it's really <laughs> funny. Like, 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 cause he, I feel like they both. We're switching it up like a couple of times before before he said that, and then, then he did, and immediately he was like, "And we're now we're just switching metaphors." Like, <laughs> it's so really funny. suited at the bantery kind of goofball stuff for sure. Like, like, oh, like, yeah. like when it's all over, I'd like to see him in like a like a almost like a '60s like screwball comedy kind of like like style, like 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 romantic comedy. I think he could do a good job in something like that. I agree. Um, so they're arguing because Daisy's like, you're just like 
you know, you're not helping. You're just keeping them compliant. She's like, do the Kree know about this? And he's like, of course they do. Like, um, and she's like, it's because they want it to control the humans to keep them complacent. And he's like, people need hope. Like, like both of them are right. You know, like neither of them are wrong. Like Daisy or Deke is just like, they need something and I'm giving them something. I'm giving them hope that they could have earth back again. Um, Daisy's like, no, you're keeping them complacent. Right. Um, and then this newscast pops up on the framework TV in this bar. And he's like, oh, wait, 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 this is what I wanted to find out. This is what I wanted to confirm. And Daisy's on it. And she is Quake. And he's like, you know, I've put all the pieces together from all the history that I found. And the Earth was destroyed by Quake. <laughs> um, so Daisy's the one who destroyed the world. And um, he uh, clicks a button and shows her, this is what Earth is now. You did this. He's like, do you see an Earth that can be saved? It's been quaked apart. Wow. So very unseen. Gemma is now in the white robes and is being painted and she's taken to Cassius and she can she's in the room with a bunch of other people and she can't hear what he's saying to the other people. But when he wants her to hear what he's saying, she can hear it. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. You look lovely. You fit in perfectly and he's like and i you just in time because i have guests coming and then a ship shows up so we're getting some more kree coming i guess dude that's good two-parter yeah lots happened but uh, it was good that was definitely an orientation (laughs) (laughs) we're all caught up now so daisy is the what is the the destroyer of worlds uh gemma is now a kree slave colson may yo-yo and mac are also slaves of some sort it's just fucked <laughs> and, and where, somewhere. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say where we are in relation to the seventh season uh, and final season i've seen the first two you've seen the first one i think but uh i i won't spoil anything other than the fact that we're in the same situation that we were at this point in the first two episodes <laughs> of season five with where's fitz like fitz is a big old mystery so oh but he's the one who has to figure everything out so like I get that they have to put them in, you know, their back pocket or whatever. And I mean, even during this episode, Gemma, because Daisy stops Gemma and asks her, she's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, it's actually good that Fitz isn't here because he's the one that can save us, even though she's clearly, I mean, they haven't even had a chance to like process process what went through, what they went through in the framework and how he fucking shot her in the leg and made her tell him that she was nothing to him. Like, fuck. Yeah, th- I feel like through overhearing stuff with between Fitz and Ada, or just between the two of them, I feel like both the viewers can can feel safe in our knowledge. I think, and and the characters' mutual knowledge that they still love each other, yeah. but that's about it. And that it's doesn't complicated. When that's not enough in their situation, you know, they need a conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> with everything that's happened. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like that's hugely up in the air. Like, I think you mentioned it when it first started, but like May hasn't been out of the framework since the beginning of season of the last season, since halfway through Ghost Rider season. So it's like, what? Like, like, like it's it's rough for her. Mac just lost his daughter. Like, (laughs) yeah, Mac Mac and and Yo-Yo just took their relationship a step further and he lost his daughter and she had the like process with like 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 the the mental i think knowledge a lot easier you know that, that he didn't want to be able to recognize her because he had a, a version of his daughter and like the emotional quality of that like, like balancing 
accepting his emotional state and loving him anyway and understanding, but also how hurt that has to make you feel to like look in the eyes of the person you're in love with and you know loves you and not and have them not recognize you and then when all is said and done know that they probably would have chosen not to recognize you to be able to keep the memory you know it's like it's like yeah like he would have chosen he would have chosen hope anyway oh oh man but just everyone everyone basically but colson is in a real head fuck of a place and even he's not like like he always is at this point (laughs) Yeah, um, I feel like Daisy is probably in a decent place as well right now. I don't know. But yeah, so I feel like you're right. Like Coulson and I think Coulson and Daisy are probably like the most like stable, stable. But still, Coulson is I mean, Coulson's a history nerd and no, there's no history for him to learn here. (laughs) Like (laughs) everything's gone except for Virgil and Deke, essentially. Well, and he and he does still have all his weird shit with Robo May, like it's just mm. happened for him, sort yep. of, and he just got made back, but isn't thrown in the middle of all this, so he can't really so, address that stuff. So, so he's but, and he Daisy not, just found out that she is the one who destroyed Earth, so maybe yeah. her, her world is a little broken as well. <laughs> I feel like she came into it in a pretty good spot, but by yeah. the end of this thing, she's she's as thrown for a loop as anyone. Yeah. I guess what? What's the guy's name? Who is they all work for now? He's in the best shape. Um, Grill. <laughs> yeah, right? Grill. Grill's yeah. got. Grill's okay. Everyone yeah, else is. Fine. Everyone else is really thrown by everything. Yeah, Grill and Casias are doing just great. <laughs> and Sonara. Oh <laughs> fuck that guy! But yeah, oh, he's doing peachy keen at this point. Yeah, can't wait till he gets his shit. Uh, if he deserves, but uh. Oh God! There's so much more that. Oh my God! I can't believe like just the beginning so much shit happens and this is a full 22 episode season right i think think? so i believe it is yeah so yeah we got a way to go because this is the second half of this is with ruby and and talbot and all that shit (laughs) like (laughs) oh yeah i i i want to forget about ruby on some level i do too it's 22 episodes it really like She's the weakest link of this series, I feel yeah. like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very Disney synergy. Yep. Well, isn't she a Disney actor? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> so that kind of makes sense. I was going to say, like, like, you don't say she, she started on a Disney Channel show? Oh, yeah. not surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that one. And no. sometimes that stuff works out great, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't mind seeing plenty of those people in movies, but. Yep doesn't always also uh there's that whole weird generation all of our uh pop stars when we were teenagers mm-hmm. like uh like britney spears britney and, and justin yeah. timberlake and yeah and christina, christina aguilera. aguilera they were the all mickey mouse the- club does that yep. exist anymore i don't think it it's been know. on for years but yeah. i remember watching that stuff like when they were on when i was like, yeah i do too <laughs> and be- even right before that when i was really little they had a show called uh kids incorporated they had a couple people who ended up being famous. The only one I can remember is Jennifer Love Hewitt, but she was on when she was like seven. Like she was like a oh, wow. tiny little kid, like with like eighties hair, like teased up. I feel like I I watched that too. They that sang sounds familiar. Yeah, like they were jumping around singing. Now I have to look it up because I'm positive that someone else 
famous was in there he's yeah. on it and now i'm super curious when it's like what's the uh the 80s one the canadian show uh you can't do it on television had alanis morissette when she was a kid so alanis <laughs> yeah. so now i feel like degrassi is a big one where like a lot of actors came from there like that canadian show like the oh, teen drama and now they're like they're like big name people oh Especially eric like balfour i've seen him in tons of stuff uh i feel like he's usually uh like a supporting character uh, to me I, I always think of him he, he was the um sister's boyfriend on six feet under on that uh, i don't know if you ever watched i watched some of it and i got bored so <laughs> He, he he was a recurring um, character for quite some time, but he had a he's, he's been a, he's he's like a character actor who's like yeah I don't think I've watched now. really <laughs> that he was in like not I yeah I've watched most of this stuff or I've watched it but not like Forbes. he's in the new Charmed I I've, I I like that they made it uh, about Latinas the OC. I was only in like a few episodes because I did watch the OC. <laughs> yeah, uh, I couldn't. I could never get into the OC. Oh, it was it was on like when I was in high school, and I went to I went to high school in Orange County, so it was like super like oh yeah, this is totally how everyone fucking is. It's so stupid. But the what's his name was like forty years old playing like an eighteen year old, so it's like okay. <laughs> no, he looks so wrong. Oh he yeah, looks, he's like he's in so that. My, my, my uh, I think I was finishing up college i think right when it started and i remember my brother and my sister-in-law uh had enjoyed while i was in high school watching dawson's creek with me when they were like young adults and like laughing at it and like like kind of watching it ironically and so i think they were enjoying the oc in the same way like let yeah. me show you the pilot you're gonna love it and i was just like not in the right headspace for it on spring break my senior year of college you know, or whatever like i was like i don't care about this like, yeah, like i'm so, so glad you enjoy it but yeah it's so dumb but we watched it just because we were like yeah that's how people are down here so it fucking sucks just remember the ending of that episode where he gets punched and the guy's like it's the oc bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah like so so like yeah that's what i think of i think of the toughest the guys around Fort <laughs> beach so dumb Alrighty, let's end here um because this is a longer episode than usual uh where can people find you on the internet i can be found at i snow nothing on twitter and i get technically on instagram <laughs> <laughs> i send you really. things on instagram and you see them so yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> i can receive things occasionally i just don't i barely ever check it but but <laughs> but it's around yep it's not like deactivated <laughs> yes. yep. And where can you be found? Um, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We're on all the things. If you're a browser listener, you should definitely listen to us through But Why Though Podcast. Yeah, But Why Though Podcast.com. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening and joining us in the beginning of season five of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I fucked up that ending. Oh, well. Project Tahiti, it's a magic place. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>